This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 87. I'm your host, Adam Bell, and as always, but today in video, is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. Hey, Peter. Does that mean I need to keep my eye on the camera now? I can't just, like, space out and look around and stuff, get distracted? Uh, you, uh, I mean... Just hang out on the inversion table yeah. <laughs> or some weights or something? Yeah. People will just know that, you know... Oh, well, he does do the podcast upside down. <laughs> Why does he sound so upside down? Oh, he is upside down. He That's is upside it. down. <laughs> so, oh. we were starting just a, an intro, uh, you know, an intro discussion as we often do. Mm-hmm. And um, it started to get pretty interesting right away. So, I was like, oh, oh, oh let's let's actually eat this yeah. out. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you catch us up on um, your education in illegal activities? In illegal, a- illegal activities. So, well, and, and, you know, I just, I didn't just spawn this out of uh, nowhere. One of my clients sent out some information to employees uh, talking about, and it's a billion dollar company, so they're a, they're a big deal, but uh, they were talking about monitor money laundering. <laughs> and I was like... Well, this looks interesting. Like, oh, more about money laundering. Money laundering. Okay. So tell us about money laundering. What have you learned? So uh, what I did learn is, you know, money laundering is in effect taking uh, dirty money that was uh, acquired through activities, things that, you know, uh, not just illegal, but probably immoral and uh, taken from somebody else. I guess all those things would be illegal and questionable and uh, then processing that through a company or a bank or whatever to turn it into clean money by ways of hiding its source and origin okay so can you walk us through an example is mm-hmm. it as simple as i mean if you've seen Brad, there was uh you know uh, pollo hermanos there uh, yeah essentially you know the guy had his chicken company and then the um uh what's his name there you know jack m- m- mr well wow. what was this car name? wash uh it is white but okay yeah anyway but I can't remember his uh, his covert name. Eisenberg. Eisenberg. <laughs> right. So, so Heisenberg, and I know, listener Scott Wilsey of multiple pods screaming at me right now for not remembering Heisenberg. Sorry. I, I, I got it. I remembered it. I remembered it. You got it. <laughs> and you can see me today, so you know that I didn't like... Google it. <laughs> yeah. Search on that, right? Um, so it had a car wash. So it had a car wash. So, the, so, so how does they, that work? So what they described is as that first part is the most vulnerable time in the money laundering process uh, because they've got they've got real cash like nowhere whether it's drug money or whatever and so they've got to get that in the door somewhere and so they they do that through businesses you know that um and that's why this company was sending it out is then wrapping through uh small businesses you know that i want to pay for this service but we charge a hundred dollars for that service did you say you charge a hundred thousand dollars for that service uh you know so they charge this exorbitant amount and then it goes into then once you get it past the door then you start processing it outside of there so sending it to another company that you own or creating a charity that you're a board member and get paid a huge amount of money and give a little bit of money away for charity or buy expensive arts for cash buy you know go buy uh, a Lamborghini and then turn around and sell it for some eight eight hundred thousand you know some some way to easily offload that and turn that into legitimate cash and you yeah take then of course take it out of the country is another option and now i mean you can land if you can turn your cash into bitcoin around the company around the country or world or wherever you are you can start dumping that account to account like i dump cash into a bitcoin account right this moment 
I could have it over to yours in another moment, and you could have it over to somebody else's in another moment, mm -hmm. and then we're investing it in a company like Apple. <laughs> now we're, we've got legitimate clean dollars. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So let, let, let's just, well, for sake of argument, I'll, I'll play the bad guy here today. Okay. I'm a the beard and the hoodie. You got the hoodie. No, you got to pull the hoodie up like the hacker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm a hacker. You're a hacker. Those of you on video can tell because I'm wearing the hoodie right yeah. now. So let's walk through the steps to take me from this, this. Uh-huh. Okay. So I, um, let's say I... Since I'm, well, since I'm, again, since you're a hacker. So I've got the hoodie on again now, for those of you who aren't watching on video. Uh, so I'm, I say I hack your bank account. Got it. Okay. And, and I'm loaded. And you're loaded. I'm loaded, so you're good. Okay. So for lack of, see, I was going to actually use you as my, my mule or my guinea pig or whatever on you. I oh, want, now that makes it even better. You're going to rob from me and I'm yeah. going to launder it unknowingly. Oh wow! This just got really. This just got great. You're just evil, evil. I'm double and a black hat underneath. It's getting hot though. Yeah. So, so okay. So so I've robbed you. I managed to say hack your bank account, and um, let's say I I hacked your email. Mm -hmm. I started that. I mm -hmm. hacked your email, and um, did so by putting a keystroke keylogger on your machine. Okay. So we'll say I sent you a phishing scam. Mm -hmm. Hey Adam, um, did you see this? And link, mm -hmm. and the link took you to gmail.com uh -huh. and prompted you to log in. Mm -hmm. and you said, "Oh, I must have not. You know, I must have gotten logged out of my uh, Gmail account." And you punch in your username and password and two-factor authentication on your account. It was really easy for me to steal your credentials. Right. Um, and then since I'm a clever hacker, I redirect you to the real Gmail account. And log real, in for real. And either log in for real or just give you the login logged out. I mean, maybe you're already logged in, so it just works. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Um, so, well, that breaks down, though, because I just emailed you a link and said click on it. Maybe I, maybe I okay, no, I, I, I am Skype instant message. Okay. okay. There we go. I was just trying to make this plausible. So I've got your email creds. So now I read your email and I find out what bank you use. Mm -hmm. And since your bank is kind of lame, uh, they don't have really strong security, I'm able to password by email. So okay. I go to yourbank.com. I try to log in as Adam, and it says, that's your wrong password. Have you forgotten it? And I say, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, new one, and boom, you've emailed me your new one. Okay, mm -hmm. so now I've got access to your bank. Uh, and again, once, a, once again, they're lacking um, uh, strong two-factor authentication, or maybe they just uh, ask a couple of security questions. You mm -hmm. the obvious answers mm -hmm. to these questions, like, what city do you live in or you know, <laughs> yeah. what high school did you go to? And I surfed Facebook and land other common websites and got all this information and mm -hmm. boom, I'm Adam for the bank. Mm -hmm. I then set up a new payee and, or maybe set up a wire transfer of some sort, um, send some money out somehow. Um, I mean, I could write it. That's dangerous yeah. now you know we're getting again but somehow initiate a wire transfer which a lot of banks require you to actually physically come into the office now so that mm -hmm. might be harder um but you can do a bill pay to a per bill pay to a person but then i have to cash that check somehow mm. so at that point you know so we're starting to get a little you know this is where i might need somebody else to start laundering this money for me maybe i need you to pay somebody else i know what about your well, credit card number or credit card number that way? Mm, I could get your debit card number from Twitter, though, because there are still a bunch of morons who post <laughs> pictures of their debit cards and stuff on online. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think. I'm getting stuck on how this actually works. But I get a ton of cash. Let's just – so that some magic happens. And <laughs> it, not get it shows we're not good at this. Yeah, we suck. We're bad. We suck at this. Gotta, wait, wait. Let me – Put the hoodie back on again. Get inspired. Oh, well, uh, no, no, no. I know what you could do. 
Mm. You could, ah. Uh, I could I could link a bank account and do um, I can do uh, ACH transfers. You could That's do it, or you could do a of some kind. How could you do a purchase without the debit card number? Uh, some places will let you buy things with credit card. You know, uh, sorry, with uh, checking account deductions. Mm-hmm. So it's not as common as credit cards. But let's go back though. We can set up ACH. Yes. Right. We don't need to do that. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Right, so so I can't do a wire, but I can do ACH transfers. Um, those might be limited in size, but still, they can be you know thousands of dollars. And if you're not paying attention, so the next thing I would do is set up filtering rules in your Gmail. I was so, going to ask about that. So that any emails that come in from your bank, number one, get forwarded to me, and then number two, get deleted. Mm-hmm. Right. So because mm-hmm. I don't want you seeing any suspicious stuff going on. Right. But I, um, so then I set up ACH transfers and I need to say, send two small payments, right? Mm-hmm. And I have to wait usually a couple of days for this to be validated. Now, here's where it gets tricky. I've got to be sending this money to somewhere that I've still, mm-hmm. this is that vulnerable time you're talking about, right? Right. The money's first coming in. Mm-hmm. But now is this normally like, this is the dirty money coming in. It's dirty, obviously, but, but is this like... I've just then gotten my hands on this money, and that's the vulnerable point because I haven't actually gotten my hands on the money yet. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're. It sounds like if I did a classic smash and grab, right? I smash a window, reach my hand into the cash register, grab a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Vulnerable point right there. Right. But I think that's step zero. I think you were talking about step one, where mm-hmm. I have now gotten this money and I've run away from the crime scene to the legitimate business. I run in with my hoodie on to your Chinese restaurant, and I say, <laughs> "Here's a bunch of cash I just robbed. What do we do with it?" Right? Yeah. So, and, and again, I'm speaking in metaphors here, obviously. Yeah. Well, and and that's where you're not actually you're going to go to somebody gray. Not go to a legitimate person you're going to go to somebody gray that says i charge you way more for this service than you do or they or they pass it through and you're a bad guy you may have some leverage on this person or this business and again apologies to the listener that i changed our scenario you know i like (laughs) Like, you know, I uh, suddenly I became the, you know, the, the, the guy, the classic street, street robber, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But anyway, I've gotten the money. I did an ACH transfer. A bunch of your money comes out. And since you don't watch your bank account regularly, like a typical small business owner, Mm -hmm. um, I managed to get say thousands of dollars, you know, like say I'm just sucking down like, Mm -hmm. you know, for a week Mm -hmm. and then you come back and like, wow, I've just lost $15,000. Right. It went to this bank account. Mm-hmm. Now, that bank account has to be owned by somebody. It has to be in somebody's name somewhere. Right? Right. Now, if that's mine, that's going to make me look pretty bad pretty quickly. Except. What if I've, yes. If go. you've oh. bought credentials off the dark web and you've yep. created them, uh, Peter Smith. <laughs> right. So I've already <laughs> hacked in my way to another quote unquote legitimate bank account mm-hmm. and by that I mean it, it really exists mm-hmm. but it's something that I was able to set up somehow maybe on or stealing credentials if, if some bank still doesn't require me to show up with a photo ID mm-hmm. well Wells Fargo I mean they create they create accounts at the drop of a hat without even asking right so that's really <laughs> yeah. so, and I've transferred the money into that now I need to get my hands on that money somehow because this is still Peter Smith Mm-hmm. This is still kind of touchy. We're still in, uh, 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 you know, how do I get the money out of there now? Mm-hmm. Now you got to send it. Now you, I, I would think Bitcoin or you go to an ATM and collect it in cash. I just thought I could have I could have set up a uh, an account on an exchange and done an ACH transfer from the exchange. But the exchange still needs to have some kind of credentials. Mm hmm. But I know, like, when I first set up a Coinbase account, I was not prompted for a lot of information. Just a I didn't credit have card. To, yeah, I did not need to give my full ID and stuff. And when Scott and I, we did a, um, a podcast on that. And I don't remember who, but one of us went through a very different procedure and mm-hmm. was prompted for more, significantly more information than the other. Mm-hmm. I forget which one of us. I think it was him. Um, so we set a Coinbase account just to streamline things. 
And so this Coinbase account now is in the name of Peter Smith, but it is tied to Bitcoin wallet number gobbledygook. Mm -hmm. That Bitcoin wallet associated with Peter Smith via the Coinbase account that we have, mm -hmm. is associated via bank account connection ACH transfer to your bank account, which mm -hmm. I just took money out of. Um, that comes, so now I take that, I get the cash and do a Bitcoin to Bitcoin transfer, mm -hmm. pay some money into another wallet. Now on that side, I have totally anonymized things. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a paper wallet, you know, I didn't make it, there's no app for it, it's completely off the grid. And I was, you know, really covered my tracks and stuff. So now I have, for the sake of argument, been able to take, say, $14,000 of yours minus transaction fees. Mm -hmm. So, and they've come down a little bit. So, you know, but I've made, you know, close to 14 grand in, you know, by not a lot of work just by hacking your account. Yeah. Okay. And the money, which is untraceable, but it could be traced to Peter Smith, mm -hmm. who doesn't, ex so, well, who he exists, but it's not me. Yeah. So what do I care? Yeah. Because they're going to be going pounding on his door saying, how come you took this money from Adam Bell? Uh-huh. Way to the virtual bank. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, is that the sort of scenario they walked through on this documentary that you saw? No, they actually, it was a little five-minute video, and I've posted it in the show notes. It was, it was, they used like Al Capone as an example. Okay. So they, uh, you know, they talked about the illegal activities that he did that is more along the lines of a smash and grab getting money, not sophisticated mm -hmm. money grab mm -hmm. like hacking. Mm -hmm. um, it, illegal things like gambling, like just gambling in places that it's not legal and prostitution. Okay. You know, so taking that money, which is dirty money or drug money, you know, it wasn't stolen from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not legitimately uh, a valid business source. They had to do something with that money. And then that's where they were talking about taking it to a storefront. <clears throat> they used a pizza storefront, for an example. So all, mm -hmm. all the mafiosos in their pizza, their, their ristorante is, uh, you know, wow, y'all got y'all brought down a half, you know, three million last year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they don't actually, because that would uh, do taxes. But right, they, I was going to ask, there's still a lot of overhead in taxes if you do that way. But what you do is you buy your supplies for really high prices. You buy and pizza who, sauce for... From who? Cousin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. or okay. or another you know that's the, the other they didn't really get into the details of that in the little short video but i would okay. you know buy those things from somebody else which cleans that money and sends that over to them which is so, really you right so i've now taken a ton of my well of course they didn't have bitcoin but so i had still gotten this out in cash somehow i need to have somebody else involved somewhere yeah buy, money from them sorry but you're but, but it's really you it's somebody that you are controlling it, right. it's another person but it's right. they wouldn't dare take your money because <laughs> yeah, you know they'll have less kneecaps if they take your money <laughs> mm. most people are pretty good with two kneecaps <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't want to have fewer than two kneecaps <laughs> you have to so yeah so it was interesting. Okay. All right. So money laundering. Great. So now we've taught people how to be criminals. Awesome. <laughs> they don't know. How to, well, clearly, we don't even know how to actually do that. Then uh, clearly, uh, <laughs> there. You know, there's one play pocket list, uh, and that's prison. Any prison. Not. I mean, not. Not, not just hot, a Turkish prison. Not just a Turkish prison. I mean, like uh, you not not not, not minimum, not maximum, not death row. Totally. I haven't put any of those on here. No, either. no. Uh, I mean, I know we've got people at church that do prison ministry that you know that deal with prisoners, and you know, I don't even really want to be on you know like the the outskirts of helping. I mean, I would. I mean, it's one thing, but still. <laughs> I um, I have a friend who lives uh, here in um, well in in, um, in Cambridge, 
and um, he has done um, uh, training and workshops and stuff in, in, in prisons. Mm-hmm. He's working on some sort of prison hospice uh, initiative now. Huh. And uh, another uh, acquaintance that I met uh, in uh, my yoga training who uh, teaches yoga in prisons. Okay. Uh, there's there's some interesting um, stuff going on. I mean, you know, it does seem that our prison, um, you know, system might be just a little bit unfair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? like, yeah. Uh, it's better. So. It's it's better than Mexico. Um, we we uh, in our in our little town in Hushlawaka down there, uh, we've gone to the prison there and. The prisoners are not provided for the government. If the church or if family did not bring the prisoners food, mm-hmm. they, they don't eat. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah. That's a way to keep your cost down. Yeah, keep your cost fancy down. You know, three, three, and three. Three minutes without oxygen, three, min- three days without water, three weeks without food. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that's a happy thought. Happy thought. Moving to government now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, well, this is a short segment. I've got... Uh, <laughs> I, I sent it to you. So, I mean, it's big news coming to Nashville, obviously. And it's not the full H2, you know, the full no. second headquarters. And it's not even half of the HQ2. Yeah, HQ2. <laughs> so, it, it's 5,000 executive jobs coming to Nashville. And there's a plan. I don't know if I sent that to you. Did I send that picture to you? No, I don't I think don't I did. I the picture. I don't remember that. No. I'll send you the pictures in the Nashville Business Journal. Of course, it's a uh, uh, a preliminary plan and drawing, you know, architectural designs. But, but it's a pretty good co- concept drawing. And it's like, um, it's big. I mean, it's it's not just like one building. It's like it's twelve buildings uh, mm-hmm. along the corridor, which used to be the Lifeway uh, Christian Bookstores. Uh, it's going to be there. Uh, of course, you don't know where that is, <clears throat> but but anyway. Uh, so, not a penny has come to Nashville yet. So, I mean, it has been announced. They're doing you know, so many things that they've got to do before any, you know, construction has to come through, permits have to come through, everything's got to happen before even a single employee comes here to a building. I mean, employees may come here with virtual office, so that may start trickling in any day now. The government employees are asking for raises for all of the economic dollars that are going to be coming in as a result of Amazon. The councilmen are asking for raises for Metro because of this. <laughs> Is this some kind of money laundering scheme? I think it might be money laundering. Do they, yeah. they get like, you know, kickbacks for Amazon yeah. coming to town? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, the logic of it, I, I just was like, oh my goodness. But it just made, I was like, the money grab as soon as you know money comes to town i mean it's just you've spent the money they're, they're probably going to budget and spend the money before the company ever comes to pay to tax growth it, what happens if uh i mean they are not actually obligated to nashville if they change their mind i mean nashville in general will talk bad about them. they won't stop using amazon <laughs> You know, <laughs> but so it's not like they're not going to kick them out of town either, right? Yeah. So it's not like there's a contract in place with the city of Nashville if Amazon changes their mind. Yep. I mean, how you know, we wouldn't run our businesses like that. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway. We've seen some people run their businesses. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, on a on a fun note. I had uh, I had my first experience with acupuncture this week. Oh, well, tell me about this. Yeah, so uh, Diane Holmes, she's uh, well, she's more she's a but she's she used to be a chiropractor, but now she practices acupuncture, uh, but she still maintains her chiropractic license. Uh, okay. So she had me come in. I'm in BNI with her, and she had me come in to do a stress reduction session okay. and so um and i've never had any sort of acupuncture i had a a little bit of anxiety about it but not like 
No, I mean, anxiety is probably too strong of a word. It's more like if... if <laughs> no, it's more like if I were meeting a friend of yours for the first time that I've never met, it'd be, you know, kind of like along that lines. It's like, how's this interaction going to go? You know, not... A little not, bit of uncertainty. Yeah, just a little bit of uncertainty. So I, uh, I brought shorts and a t-shirt. She said, well, make sure you wear loose clothing so that I can pull your pant legs up above your knees and your sleeves up. I was like, I'm bringing just workout clothes because I don't have any dress clothes that will that will do this. So, good advice. Wear shorts and a t-shirt. is the most appropriate attire for... Uh, so, she stuck needles, um, close to 20 needles in me. Um, and, you know, like, if you're a person who is... I actually didn't look at any of the needles while she was putting them in. I'm not afraid of needles, uh, but I figured if I watched, I might flinch. I mean... Okay. Because, sure. I mean, if you're, if you're holding a needle towards my hand, I'm going to keep... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep pulling my... Or I'm at least going to flinch the first time you poke it, poke me with it. So, uh, so she stuck four needles in my head, like, you know, like above the temp you know i don't know mm -hmm. what this is but along the crown of my head and then like one out of the kind of the crown of my head mm -hmm. uh and then like get my shoulders in the back and down the arms and in the hands and in the, in my feet and along my calf line and, and then so i i was laying back on a massage table with my knee with a prop under my knees and a warm pad under my neck and shoulders and then kind of like these arm props where my arms were sitting in it was very very comfortable warm and she uh that had like light you know indescribable music with waves crashing and then kind of had a sun lamp on and warmth is always nice yeah and so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you in here for 10 minutes and i'm gonna come check on you and then I'll come back again. She said, you know, because she was kind of asking me, she said, well, do you have any, like, are you okay? Do you have any anxiety about this? And I'm like, no, I'm pretty relaxed, right? I mean, I feel pretty comfortable. And so she, she said she's had people that as soon as she left the room, they kind of freaked out, you know? <laughs> and, you know, it was, I, I was kind of, in the back of my mind, I was thinking of you, yours and my conversation about during meditation where pain would come up when you're trying to silence your mind is kind of like your mind or your body's rejecting you relaxing in some form or way so i was sit sitting there initially she had just left and it's kind of an out room built onto her house so she's got an outside door and then an inside door and what i was thinking was i bet that outside door isn't locked and i wish it were locked I'd just walk in while i'm in this precarious Situation. I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm sitting on the toilet. I mean, that's precarious. But I mean, I'm, I'm laying here with needles uh, in me, and I was like, I sure would hate for that door to open, you know, or somebody to just walk in. And I don't think she locked the door. Or, but you know what? I just had to put that out on my head. I'm like, if it's if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, you know? Because otherwise, I was gonna sit there and think about that the whole time. And so I was like, I'm really relax and think of nothing. You know, not go to sleep, but I kind of went to a place where I was not asleep and I was not awake, but I did have my body trying to stir me with mm -hmm. like itches. Like I, I had, a, had had an itch, I mean, I had itch in my arm and I just ignored them. I mean, I, I just kind of stopped thinking about stuff and they, they all went away. And it was a <laughs> yeah, and it, relaxing uh, 25 minutes. Now, I, I mean, and so took all the needles out. No, no problems there and talked to her about it. But I, I really did enjoy it. But I don't know. Uh, you know, she she had talked about how many sessions it normally takes for somebody with pain and that kind of thing. And I, I don't know if I felt any better because of the acupuncture or just the position and environment I was in was very relaxing <laughs> you know like, relax a little bit huh yeah i was like this really felt good for for 25 minutes i laid here and you know thought you know didn't really think about things i mean the sh my shoulder pain kind of went away not i mean kind of like stress we've talked about right behind the there uh but it was it was good i mean i i didn't have any really complaints from it but i didn't i didn't really have i didn't come out like 
uh, feeling like a brand new man or anything like that, but I did I did feel fine. To say that there uh, there wasn't anything w- weird or wacky about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. She's not weird and wacky. That's good. Not That's weird good. and wacky. And, you know, she, you know, the, a little bit about the science that, you know, sci- Western medicine doesn't acknowledge acupuncture as a valid source of treatment. She said, you know, but we can't always explain it. You know, we do this with so many people and it's documented here in the East and they got better. <laughs> it's like we did this they got better uh we we can't document what we can <laughs> there is that though <laughs> yeah that's something they, they got better you know not not they got worse yeah yeah so uh it was uh it was interesting i mean i uh i don't know that i would say i'm an acupuncture but i can't see that there is any harm in it <laughs> are you gonna try it again I don't know. Um, I mean, because if I'm going to try it again, I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is and pay for it. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a hard thing because, you know, in theoretically, like, I mean, if you liken it to meditation, you know, rarely that that was a huge. What are you drinking out of? <laughs> <laughs> it's a UT cup. It was it was a large soda purchase. How many gallons is that? I don't know, but it feels a long time. I think it's at least uh, it's it's more it's more than a liter. It's more than a liter because this is a liter and that was way bigger. Yeah. It's Freudian. Well, anyway, <laughs> I needed the biggest compensating for something. <laughs> so. Um, I wonder though if it's like meditation because um, with, you know, with some exceptions, usually you know you don't sit down and all of a sudden, oh wow, everything is clearer, you know the world is brighter, mm-hmm. and you know it, it's it takes some time. Um, although I say that, and I, I coached one of them uh, a few months ago, he was having some issues, and he was asking about you know like do you have any tips for relaxation? And I was just like, yeah, sit still, meditate, and watch your breath. Yeah. And he wrote back to me uh, a glowing testimonial on my website. He's like, that works. Thank you, Peter, guru. And, you know, like, okay. You know, like, I think that's laying it on a little thick, but I'll take it. So, um, you know, but, but that's not, I would not say, you know, I would not say like, oh, yes, you know, the moment you start meditating, you're going to feel great and like that. So um, I'm just wondering, you know, it might take like more time because usually acupuncture, I don't think they you know pitch it as like you know one treatment and you'll be you'll be cured that right, said right. and i felt noticeably better back when i had the first treatment yeah even yeah. though my doctor said it would probably take three or four visits mm-hmm. so you know hey things can happen well she said sort of the same thing that it, it takes more than one session you know has got an issue for it mm-hmm. to for it to go away mm-hmm I I don't have an issue to resolve right now with acupuncture, which I'm glad. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, I don't know that I wouldn't be completely opposed to it if if I was trying other things and it wasn't working. (laughs) Like, I know if my back didn't get better, you know, I would have been interested in trying other things for sure. 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 Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. You know, if something new. Mm Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, that goes to the question, how long is, how long do you give something before you decide it's not working? Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's a separate conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it, when I wasn't sleeping at all, like at night, Yeah. it didn't take but a couple, three days of zero sleep. And I was like, I'm going to have a psychotic breakdown if I don't do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I've had a couple of uh, sleep challenge nights lately, mm. uh, but I've uh, generally, um, you know, I usually pop uh, one diphenhydramine. You know, mm. usually does it. I still yeah. wake up a little bit, but you know, generally get fairly fairly good sleep. Mm-hmm. The thing is, sometimes those like I can go to bed at like if I pop one of those at eight o'clock by uh, eight eight thirty, I'm I'm out. And um, some 10 hours, I'll go, you know, right until like six or so. But mm. sometimes I'll still wake up at like two. Yeah. Not be able to go back to sleep. And I hate when that happens. Mm-hmm. So. 
What I hate worse though is if I don't and I go to sleep and I wake up at two, because then I don't want to take. Oh, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll be out and I'll be asleep till noon. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, which you know doesn't sound like such a bad thing unless you have stuff to do yeah <laughs> like yeah. like job <laughs> maybe children or pets you know uh-huh so oh, speaking of pets uh, yeah. well well tim rector says hello but i mean he's speaking not a pet pets, tim, <laughs> tim rector says hello okay. would you ask tim for me uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> how is it that honey can be sold as organic or not organic? Petroleum, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I'll have to ask Tim. I mean, I would think that all honey would be organic coming out of bees, but I don't. We need your feedback on this one, sir. (laughs) I'll ask him. Yeah, I just I just noticed that because I went to a store the other day and they had organic honey and non-organic, well, presumably non-organic, at least not labeled organic honey, sitting right side by side. Huh. And I'm like, you know, are we talking? Well, I suppose I could have just answered my own question. They could be talking genetically modified bees or something. Or maybe the process for getting the honey to the. I don't. <laughs> Tim, we need you. <laughs> we need your expertise, friend. Come and help us. Bail us out here. Oh. Well, so then so back to the uh, the pet. So we've got weenie dog. We've got a wiener dog uh, because Elizabeth's allergic to dogs. And das lo. Das, das lo. Das lo. <laughs> das lo. <laughs> but uh, dachshunds are allergenic to not 100%, you know, because dapples or, long ha- or long-haired dachshunds can uh, be hyperallergenic to people. But short-haired do not cause reactions with most people who are allergic to dogs. And she's not. So that's why Sweet. we have. So we have weenie dogs. And uh, so our current weenie dog. So do you know that dogs like to smell like something? They like to smell unique. That why they roll in stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly why, like, if there's a carcass or poo or any kind of a, they will roll. (laughs) I'm going to smell so different than everybody else. (laughs) But they want to smell unique. So there are ways. Well, so I was. talking to elizabeth before she was getting ready to school today and i was brought the dog in and i'm wearing the clothes that i'm wearing right now and i pick up the or i let the dog in and she's like oh yeah pet me pet me and i pet her and i'm like you so meek <laughs> and you said is that good <laughs> is that good and i look in her collar and she's rolled in dog poo i mean it's in the collar it's a choke chain so i mean it's chunked in the chain he's covered in it and so i'm like that's where you take the dog to the car wash <laughs> Walk it but, right but i mean this is at uh like 125 you know we're supposed to be record 45 and i'm like oh crap i gotta wash off because i can't i can't just oh, so put this her just happened this just happened i couldn't just put her somewhere so, so I quit. you can still smell it it's yeah still, uh, yeah still. It, it's still in my olfactory uh so i quickly took off my shirt my pants and tub and you know conditioner you know so she would have her own smell for a few days and not have the desire to go find the poo and roll in it all over again uh but thank you delilah her name's Delilah. She's a rescue winner. <laughs> you, Delilah. <laughs> but, oh boy. but she cleaned up, and what's interesting is she's a red dachshund. Our first one was a black and tan. Her fur. First one, first one sounds delicious. Yeah, she sounds delicious. Yeah, uh, she was not. She was not a brainchild. That's for sure. That dog was not smart. She is very friendly. Uh, you you could throw a stake like she wouldn't catch anything like you you throw something in the air for her to catch she didn't even look in the air 
to try to catch it. You throw something, she just looked at the ground. You know, she's a scent hound. That dog, you could throw a steak on a concrete slab and she couldn't find it. (laughs) (laughs) But she did do, well, she did do one thing that was really interesting and funny is like you'd play catch with her and this was actually kind of smart. You'd throw the ball or whatever, and when she'd get tired of a rope or whatever, she would run around and pretend like she was looking for it and ignore it sitting there on the floor. She'd just keep walking around looking for it and acting like she was looking for it. <laughs> Are you sure she was pretending? <laughs> she did it so many times that it, you know you had to had to think I don't she know was. This. I haven't seen anything. What I just step in? Oh, this smells good. <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, how about our now that we're what uh, well 45 minutes or so into the podcast? Why don't we talk about our main topic? Yeah, our main topic. Well, so this morning. Uh, I was listening to another podcast. He was talking about his his uh, wine collection, his wine, you know, the study of wine that he did in college, and how he really you know, his life his you know it's one of his hobbies is is wine, and and I thought about that and it it hit me, I'm like that is so brilliant. You make a product that you don't actually want anybody to consume, buy it and store it until you can make the next year, <laughs> the next vintage year, and and you give all these reasons in teaching and education or wine good and why your wine is good and have people come learn about it. And, and they do drink some, but we, what we really want you to do is you've got a 1600 bottle wine uh, seller, and you need to fill that up with wine. Sounds old. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, you know, I thought about it, I was like, that's brilliant. I wish I could sell IT service like that. We, no, 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 you don't use it. You store it. And you admire all your friends about it. It's not like backup and disaster recovery services. <laughs> yeah. You brag about it. You know, you know what good backup disaster, you know, what good service looks like. But you don't actually use it. And, and we're going to make a We're going to buy that one, too. But you're not going to use it, either. <laughs> you, you're you're going to store it. And, in fact, I think I will market it to you. Don't drink this wine. I mean, this is the 20... Do not drink this wine before 2021. I mean, because it's not even going to be... It'll be perfect by then. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought about it. I mean, they tell how good your wine is. Well, that sounds like Apple. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Apple does that. Maybe not so much these days, but back in the 90s, I mean, Apple fanatics were, well, I mean, it was was pretty legendary. Wasn't that guy Kawasaki? Wasn't he? You know... They, they, I've heard different. Um, I don't know what the the story is. I've heard him talk about you know like when I was at Apple and I was the evangelist and stuff. Some tractors say that he was at Apple for like six months. Yeah, I didn't think he was actually. I didn't realize he ever was at Apple. I thought he was just an evangelist for Apple. Yeah, no, he, he was at Apple, but but apparently you know. I don't know. I never cared enough to dig into it. I read one of his books. I followed him on Twitter and read his blog, you know, like 10 years ago or so. And, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, cool. Well, I actually have I need to go to in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So do we have any closing thoughts? No, I don't think so. I don't think we have a nifty. Um, I do. I do have the money laundering. If people want to see that in our notes, we have a nifty, and I will put a link to it in the show notes. Okay. One of my Black Friday purchases: a little turbo wireless charging stand. It's the Qi, the QI uh-huh. charging standard. And um, I don't know why buy one where the phone actually sits upright at about a sixty degree angle. 
as opposed to the kind that lie flat that I'm always having to like peek over and reach and try to see. Mm -hmm. um, this is great because the only chargers that I had at vertical were with the cables, so I'd have to plug them in, mm -hmm. and then I couldn't stand it vertically, so I'd have to do it horizontally, which is okay, but I still have to fiddle with the cable and the stand. Here I've got a stand, I just put it on, boom, touch the button and see the person. Cool. Of course, if I was using a Macintosh, I could just do FaceTime on that computer, but right now I've got three Windows PCs and not a Mac in sight. <laughs> now, is it wireless power? Yeah, so it just touches, it just lies, you know, it's, it's contact. To uh -huh. actually. Um, I mean, presumably it has like, what, a millimeter range or so? Like I'm holding it off of the charging stand by about, you know, maybe a centimeter. On the... Okay, now it just went off. Yeah, it's it's definitely can do, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. require actual contact and I do have a fairly thick case, but it's not like not like an OtterBox thing like what you seem to have there. Yeah, mine's not an OtterBox. It's an it's a it's a knockoff uh by oh, iBlazon. I mean, they would argue they're not a knockoff, but Weaselbox? Weaselbox. <laughs> yeah. Beaverbox? Beaverbox. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's not way. I mean, it's not supposed to be like OtterBox, but it's not a very expensive case. Mm -hmm. In fact, this one's got a crack in it. It's been, it's, I mean, it's doing its job. I've dropped this a couple of times. I paid about a buck for mine. Okay. And um, it, but the last one I bought, I paid like four or five bucks for, and that one started to fall apart. So now this one, I just took a little bit of glue and was able to, you know, <laughs> put it back together. It's like, I don't want to buy a new case. It's not the greatest case I have, slimmest, and I really like the slim cases. Because mm -hmm. when you take it out, you're like, you remember like, oh, wow, my phone's supposed to be that small? Yeah, wow. that's awesome how little that is. <laughs> yeah, especially compared to like, you know, I used to have the 5S for the longest time, and then I went up to an 8, which is a big size difference. Mm -hmm. But now you take it out of the case, and it's like, how did I ever use a small phone? <laughs> so, um, you know, but it, like, I'll probably have this phone for another year at least before i get a new one mm -hmm. I, as we've talked about i've wanted to buy a new one so that i can you know like give this one to my dad we have a working cell phone at his house <laughs> side note on that apparently vermont has gotten hammered with snow in the last several days oh really my parents were without power and phone for days yeah Right after Thanksgiving, um, this you know, and um, he called me to um, to to tell me that, and it's like, yeah, well, we hadn't had power and phone for days, and uh, I was able to finally get downtown, but uh, you know, the guy, our plow guy, came and bailed us out because I couldn't too heavy, and the car got stuck, the four wheel drive car got stuck in the driveway. <laughs> uh, but I just got home, and now more snow is coming, and the phone wasn't working, but now the phone is work. <laughs> So, yeah, Consolidated Commuter has done absolutely nothing to improve the situation that Fairpoint Communications was supposed to improve when they acquired all of northern New England's rights from Verizon, who was there to spend any money on the infrastructure. Yeah, you're going to have to buy him a sat phone for emergencies. It's, it's like that or a snowmobile. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, that or, yeah. no, he needs a, uh, a CB radio. <laughs> I'm just glad that he listened to me. Um, I think it was a year ago or maybe two years ago at this point and, um, and put in a generator. Oh yeah. So, you know, that they've got power and, you know, plenty of gas and, you know, to, to keep some wood. So that's helpful. Yeah. So not a lot more efficiency than a, a fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A fire in the house will keep a house warm. Speaking of that, why is it that sometimes, and has done this to me a few times here, um, it will be on, but then it starts blowing cold air, mm -hmm. and then time goes by, and still cold. Like today I was watching, I was starting to feel a little chilly. I had the thermostat set to 71, it down to like 67, mm -hmm. but it was blowing the whole time. Yeah. I've had this happen before, I just went to the thermostat, set my nest from heat to off, Waited a few minutes, turned it back from off to back up again, and then warm air started coming out. You have a homeless man living in your crawl space, and he's taking a duck down to warm himself. Okay. And he heard you, and so he put it back oh, oh, up, oh, so you so you couldn't so you wouldn't uh, find him. No, I, I I don't. I could give you some conjecture. Uh, it's possible that part of the 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 cycle 
is not quite right mm-hmm. and that it's running it it's and then it's just running the blowing part where it actually it's continues to blow but there's not actually any heat being generated yeah. it's not actually doing anything wrong but what you have done by turning it off you've initiated the heat cycle again and it's blowing cycle of just blowing air that was not heated mm-hmm. and that's what you interrupted and started over yeah uh, that's conjecture it's, it happened a couple of times uh last year and i remember that because i had a date coming over to my place and the heat was you know going down <laughs> like this is not good but i toggled it and it was like okay way to make a first impression it's kind of cold here you know? yeah I mean, uh, but but then it happened again in the winter when we had all and i called my plumber and he you know made it right over um and he found that one of the um the intakes had basically clogged up with snow yeah you know because there's so much blowing snow around that it just got there i remember that yeah so that was just like no just clean that out but there's no snow down here i mean vermont has feet of snow but we are brown Mm -hmm. i have geese but i don't have any snow out there so yeah I wonder if there's maybe maybe something in the thermostat in the controller unit, like maybe something's not 100% programmed right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it happened last year. I had a different thermostat, I had, mm-hmm. and the Nest claims like, yeah, we know what this is, and ever you know, other than that, it seems to work fine. Mm-hmm. So all I did was, you know, pop the Nest app and actually I think I walked over to it, grabbed it, you know, turned it. First I tried turning down the heat, but it was still blowing. Yeah. So even though um even though it had um uh it, it had reached the target temperature, mm-hmm. which normally tells it to turn off, it mm-hmm. had kept going. So it maybe you're right, maybe some sense to tell it, yo, stop. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I set the therm the nest mode to off it stopped mm-hmm. throws a signal to it and right and then i just turned it back on to heat again and warm air so mm-hmm. yeah so cool all right well thank you very much to you next week um but if you are a listener and you want to get a hold of us you can find us at blurring the lines podcast.com and there is a feedback form and you can send us we don't get a lot of feedback. I mean, sometimes I'll get like a, a direct message by, you know, by friends or something like that. But Or we spammer. Would, or spam. We do get some Russian feedback every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would love it. It's some feedback via, you know, uh, the contact form. I know it's a hassle. You have to go there. We're not going to spam you if you put your email address in there. You can even make up your email address. You can just put in, you know, joe at example.com, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but give us some feedback. Let us know if your name is Tim and you have a comment about organic honey yeah. or, or Scott and you have a, you know, uh, uh, comment about Walter White. See, I even <laughs> yeah, yeah. remembered his name. You yeah. remembered it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let us know. Um, that's that. All right. Well, then I think it's time to push that big red baton. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.